You ready, Freddie? I am. Sounds like from when I was a little kid. It is. 70s. Who is this? Oh, who are the Carpenters? Come on. Karen Carpenter. Yes. And her brother? Bulimia? Anorexia. Anorexia. But that's not what this is about. Oh. Sing of good things, not bad. Just a little more. Sing of happy, not sad. Sing. Sing a song. So this Make is what I've been singing all day. I want to be in your head. Welcome. This is End Parenting Radio, everybody. How are your headphones working? They sound okay? I think so. All right, good. Uh, mine sound a little weird, but that's all right. Whatever. Mine kind of do too. We're going to have to deal with the discomfort of it sounding weird. So uh, Zen Parenting Radio, this is podcast number 313, which I think is a California area code, but maybe not. I don't know. 312 was Chicago last week. We discussed. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding, and who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And I always remember our motto is, the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Um Will you give them a preview of what it is that we are going to be talking about today? And then I want to do something kind of silly and funny real quick. So the reason that song has been in my head, it's actually been in my head for a few days because I talk to women a lot about their well-being and their parenting and their desire to show up in the world. And we often, we women, and, and I know men do too, but we women tend to silence ourselves mm. and we tend to not speak out. Mm. Um, maybe we do sometimes, but only if everyone else is speaking out. It, we have a hard time using our voice or this can happen. But I feel like there's been some events in um, the news lately that have demonstrated the power of women speaking out individually and collectively and they're all stories worth talking about. Um, some of them are more difficult than others. And the reason why I wanted to use the lightness of the Carpenters sing a song is because can we figure out a way to discuss these things but recognize that really it's about showing up in the world in a compassionate way. Right. And understanding that who we are inside, the internals, the guts of us, like the real self that we are, is a loving, empathetic, big, um, uh, I want to say powerful, but sometimes people take that word and twist it, Sure, um, a, a capable and able person to give back to the world. And when we embrace that being our true selves, using our voice, singing our song can actually change things for the better, the more able we are to speak up. Right. And um, so anyway, that's the that's the gist. That's kind of the generic. Do you want to get any more specific in telling them what we're going to address today? I wanted to talk, we wanted to talk about this, um, this case, um, about this kid from Stanford who was convicted of raping a woman. And so for those of you whose children are listening to the show with you, there's nothing that we're going to say that's graphic, but the topic is more adult. We're a little so heavier today. Yeah, a little heavier, but that's why I want to keep singing a song in our head because we don't have to go 
heavy. We can keep this. Doesn't have to be a really somber, exactly. heavy thing. How can we look at this and talk about this without being like, I want to turn this off. I don't want to listen. We can just keep playing this. We can keep that going. But the power of this, the, the importance of this story about this Stanford swimmer, there's two pieces. Your expertise, which is healthy masculinity. Mm-hmm. And then my focus, which is about women using their voice. Yeah. And we both need to be discussed. I also want to recognize the fact that the very first woman in history has been nominated for president of the United States. Yeah. I think that regardless of your political affiliation, this is a huge historical moment. And we need to acknowledge this with our girls and with ourselves as women. And we need to have a sense of awe for this history. Yeah. Um, and again, I know that some of you listening are yelling things and saying, no, no, no. There will never be a correct, perfect one. No matter what woman would have gotten to this point, there would have been polarization. Sure. Don't you believe that? Yeah, because it's a female and it scares certain amount of our population. And it's new. And, you know, it's it's different and it's there is to some people it's a sense of uncertainty but this is this is we fear change we fear change um but this is where we are and um so anyway these are big topics yes so big topics important topics um in an effort to keep uh keep some lightness to it i got a voicemail today and it's i don't know if everybody else i I thought i signed up for the do not call.gov thing but i still kind of get these random voicemails okay and i always let it go to voicemail Mm -hmm. um so there's this one and it's like a total scam and i even googled it afterwards and it's all about how you got to give information like somehow they're going to try to make money off you illegally through scam but it's a 42 second thing i'm not going to play the 42 seconds and it's a computer generated voicemail but i I thought it was absolutely hilarious because of the way that this one ends. I've never heard one end the way this one does, okay? Okay. So the first 20 seconds is, hey, give us some information so we can steal your money. They don't say that that's what they're trying to do. And then this is the last 18 seconds. Okay. Do not disregard this message and do return the call. Now, if you don't return the call and I don't hear from your attorney either, then the only thing I can do is wish you a good luck as the situation unfolds on you. Goodbye. Wow. <laughs> She's not happy. I just thought that was hilarious. Like, I thought I was getting, like, punked by whoever that punked guy was. This situation is going to unfold yeah. on you. And I just wish you good luck. And what is, what is she asking for? Like, why are they taking Who people's knows? money? It doesn't matter. So I Googled it, and it's like a total, like, scam. I mean, I knew it was, but I just wanted to confirm before I played it on the... Well, I just came up to you the other day, and I had gotten an email, too, or yeah, like something. Capital One or something. Capital like One, that. and they're like, if you don't call us immediately, all your money's going to be gone. Yeah, it's, and... They're really a, on, like, high level right now. Well, this now. is a parenting co- podcast, and, you know, a lot of us probably have, like, 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, where they're trying to be responsible and answer... Yeah phone calls and they don't have the wisdom that we do because we've been sifting through what's real and what isn't for a long time. So teach your kids to 
you know, consult with you, the parent, before they do anything that just seems weird. Well, and did you know that in college that happened to me? Did I tell you that? No. That I got a phone call um, in my dorm and, it, you know, I didn't know anything about anything. And they called me and said, you want to cruise? Yeah. And you can take all your friends. Yes. I was a freshman in college. I was like, what? And they're like, you want, and it was a real person. It yeah. wasn't computer generation. She's like, you won. All you have to do mm. to verify who you are is give us your credit card number. Okay. Yeah. Now that would make me laugh. Like, right. What? But back then you're like, sweet. And you're already thinking about which friends you're going to bring. I had already called everyone on my floor. I'm like, you guys were going on a cruise. And of <laughs> course I, you know, gave them my number. And then I can't remember who said, Kathy, hold on. And then I called my dad and he laughed for a while and said, okay, yes. this is your lesson and yes. let's figure this out. So, but anyway, it's been around for ages. Yep. Wait, did Cameron send you uh, the song that she created for us? Um, maybe she did. Maybe we can play that. So let's maybe get into that later on because that'll give me some time to kind of figure to find out it? where it is. Okay. So can I start by saying no, that? You no, you can't because I need to talk about our first part. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Oh, there's her rap song. Yeah. Will I do you play have it? it. Sure. This is Cameron's rap song that she made. <laughs> um, and before it starts playing, I'm going to talk about our first partner, which is Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, Healthy Families by Choice. Not by chance, that's chirotree.com, 630-941-8733. Thank you, Dr. Kelly. Um, so here's our daughter's rap song that she did on some app called Auto Rap. All right? Yeah. so excited to have me hear that yeah and i said i'm gonna play it on the podcast and usually she's like no don't i don't care about your podcast and i don't want you to do anything <laughs> but she gave me permission so i, was I think she was proud that. of the way it turned out one quick thing about that scam thing is sometimes i get a little um disappointed that uh we all screen calls and let things go to voicemail yeah. i certainly do and i even do it from loved ones friends sisters, brothers, yeah. because I'm not in a position to talk to them. Whereas when we we're little, phone rang, you answered it. Right. But part of the reason for that is because of these scams. Like half the time, they're not real calls. I know. And they're getting really smart because, you know, on your iPhone, many times they'll say unknown caller. And you're obviously not going to answer that. But a lot of times they will have the same area code as you. Right. And it's still like this weird scam So you think, thing. could it be the school? Could it be right. my friend's parent? Could it be, yeah. So kind of sad. my kid's friend parent or something, yeah. So anyways, that's the dealio. What do you got? Let's start. Okay, let's start with this Stanford case because by the time this airs, it's going to be not necessarily old news because it's going to be relevant forever, but it just is the story has been unfolding for the last week. So basically, in a nutshell, what happened was there was a, um, a girl who was raped um, after a party um, by a man who is a he's a Stanford student um, happens to be a swimmer which tended to be like the big story um, was thought to be good enough to maybe go to the Olympics um, but he made a choice to um, rape this woman and it has the the most 
important part of this story is this woman was unconscious. What that means is that if what unfolded didn't unfold, she may have never known how bad this situation was. I mean, she would have known something happened, but not the, who or not what, who or, or what or how, or it, she would have just been left alone with this. And basically, what happened is two men on their bikes, graduate students at Stanford, I believe, their names have been circulating in social media, which is good because they were obviously heroes, rode their bikes and and noticed something was going on. And I don't want to get too graphic about it, but they recognized she wasn't moving at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But the young man was. And they watched for a little bit and finally went over there and said, what are you doing? And this boy ran. Mm -hmm. And these two guys on bikes ran after him, tackled him, and held him down and called the police. Right. The story I read initially about a week ago was that one of them was actually crying because what he witnessed was so... Traumatizing. Traumatizing. Um, so the police were called, and this young man was, uh, you know, he was under arrest and booked, and then this whole process unfolded. He has yet to say that what he did was a rape. He felt, what did he call it, um... What do you call that from his perspective? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm starting to lose my understanding of there being another word. Yeah. Um, and she... did he, he didn't say non-consensual sex, did he? He just said that it was promiscuous and alcohol was involved. Right. Which is kind of the cop-out of, you know, maybe she wasn't awake and I was a little drunk, but it was somehow... I don't know. This, yeah. this is why this story is so relevant, because I think for a long time we've accepted stories like this to be somehow, as I was saying to Todd this morning as we were talking about this, basically up until just the last couple of years, women have always been the one who have been blamed. Yeah. What were you wearing? How much did you have to drink? Why were you walking down that street when you weren't supposed to, et cetera? And this woman, even in this case, um, she wrote a letter um, describing what had happened to her, what experience she has had after the incident, and also the questions that were asked of her in the court case. And they were very similar. Sure. The questions have remained the same. Yeah. How did you contribute to this man raping you? Yeah. What um, role did you play? What role did you play? And so basically that's been it. And let's think about uh, – even way back when, let's think about the movie The Accused. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that movie? Sure, Jodie Foster. Jo- Jodie Foster won an Academy Award. And I remember seeing that movie and being devastated by, and that was a woman who was, you know, she was at a bar and everything, but she was awake for sure. this experience. And all these people watched, and yet she was still to blame. Yep. Um, and that may have been, that was a truth for some people who experienced that. And yep. that was also a metaphor for the bigger picture. Somehow the men can't, are never held accountable. And they accused they uh, the court settled on reckless endangerment. You remember that? I phrase? do. I do. And until yeah, until uh, Kelly McGillis showed up, and until that boy who oh, yeah. knew he was basically the the same as the boys on the bike. Yeah, he was the witness. He was the witness. He he was watching it, saying this should not be happening. Right. He had a conscience, he was empathetic, he had healthy masculinity. Yeah, right. So will you describe to people what you teach? Um, sure. Well, I have been doing a men's group and I'm part of a mankind project. And, you know, I've obviously my entire life, I've tried my best to walk in what is called healthy masculinity or mature masculinity or modern masculinity. And, you know, kind of the historical thing about masculinity is that we overpower things. We use our brute strength. We use our cleverness. We use all these things to get what we want. 
because we are warriors and we are men and we need to take what is rightfully ours and so on and so forth. And that is kind of the perception from probably the beginning of time, who knows when. Uh, what we feel there is a blossoming of the modern masculinity that it probably has been taking place for a long time, but and has always existed. It's always existed, but maybe but, not been as mainstream. Correct, and I believe it's becoming more and more mainstream. So, in my definition, I mean, off the cuff, modern masculinity is not overpowering anybody or anything. It is seeing what it is that who we are and having a sense of vulnerability, and you know, being in touch with a, some feminine qualities because as a man I am not just masculine I have feminine characteristics too so what we do as a society is we um, really flaunt the unhealthy masculine part of us and what what it is is um, in my opinion the modern masculinity is a balance between the feminine and the masculine what we do in our societies we polarize and we say women are only this Correct. men are only this when the truth is we are a balance of both Correct. and of course of course our gender defines well and that's become interesting too hasn't it right. how you know we're understanding gender better better through transgender and you know different lifestyles um or different biological understanding where that's becoming more relevant now too but really you are both as am i right yeah you have masculine Absolutely. traits and i have feminine traits and Absolutely. i just did a Facebook post. You sent me that article, that yeah. guy in the Tribune. Yeah, Rex Hupke's uh, article that came out. So today is Thursday. So it came out last Thursday. So, and I just, I just basically took what he wrote. I attached the article, but I said the mature masculine does not use our strength to overpower. Rather, it is to listen deeply with a sense of vulnerability and to use this strength to protect those who are in need. I mean, that's just something I came up with, but it's been said a million different ways. But it is not about uh, strength and overpowering. It's about listening and being vulnerable and uh, and educating our uh, selves and our sons to, you know, is specific to this case, to know what you are capable of and to know that alcohol or drugs are not excuses to do whatever the hell you want. Well, and the most important part about what you wrote on that Facebook post was that, but also about understanding privilege. Right. Because men, by nature, are privileged. Yes. Especially white men are privileged. Right, even though there's a lot of white men out there that think they talk about you know, reverse discrimination and things like that, which I think is silly. Every single day of my life, I know that I am, I don't know what the word is, lucky to be walking down the street as a white male because I know I don't have to worry about any of the things that somebody of a different color skin or female or girl has to worry about. So yeah, I mean, privilege is a big part of it. So there's so many different layers to this story that we can use to teach our sons what is healthy masculinity? And the way that you defined it for me is that because men have privilege, and again, let me be clear because Todd just said this, it doesn't mean men don't have issues. It doesn't mean men don't need support. It doesn't mean men don't have anything happen to them. They do. But by nature, in especially in this country, white men, they let's just look at statistics, CEOs. Sure presidents, senators, they are positions of power, positions of power, men have more. So dominated when you understand your privilege, the question that Todd always asks himself, 
is how do I use that privilege? Right. Let's use that to our advantage and not to our advantage. To the advantage good. of the whole. To the advantage of the yeah, whole. Right. I'm Just probably not saying it right. Yeah. yeah. Let's use it. If we've been blessed and lucky enough to be in these positions of power, let's do something good for, with that power That's as it. opposed to because what when you turn on the local news or the national news, you know, I don't the news is not the news. It's the five worst stories of the day. But most of these stories, I contend, are usually based as a result of unhealthy masculinity, whether it's rapes, whether it's murder, whether it's a war. I mean, these are not women that are making these choices. These are men that are making these choices. So obviously there's an epidemic of unhealthy masculinity and, you know, Mankind Project, which is an international organization that I belong to, we have initiated over 60,000 men and it's all about looking inward and looking at our shadow and looking at what we choose to not look at. And the only way for us to cultivate this healthy masculinity is to look at some of the stuff that you were taught to repress from when you were a little kid, which is, you know, people are equal, people are whole, you know? Well, so this is what I want to say about this boy um, who was convicted, who, let me just talk about privilege for a second. He was convicted of raping this girl and he, this was in March and I think he was given a sentence of 10 years. Yes, he was. Um, But then um, another judge came in and I don't know how that, if it was an appeal, I don't know. But he said- no, I think said, it was the sentencing. Oh, it was the sentencing. I believe. But how was he convicted of 10 years, but then he got a different sentence? Good question. I don't understand. Doesn't matter. But he came in and he said, you know what? This boy who's this Stanford kid and he's a swimmer and all these things, you know, prison would affect him not in a good way. (laughs) So we're going to say six months and with good behavior, he'll get out in three. Now, the reason it's not that I need this kid to go to prison to prove a point. It's not about him. It's about the demonstration of privilege right there. Because if that, there was another story that I read about an African-American man. He actually wrote a blog about how he was convicted of rape. I don't know. He was in college uh, several years ago. And they didn't even have, they had circumstantial evidence. Yeah. They didn't have anything but circumstantial evidence. Yeah. And this guy ended up being convicted and he ended up going to prison and nobody said anything to this African-American man about prison not being a good fit for him. Mm-hmm. And those are the kind of things that we're unwilling to look at. And we start breaking down it into little pieces and saying, well, but in this situation, blah, let's just look at the big picture. Yeah. These are signs of the issues that we have in our country. Symptoms of dysfunction that we inherently have in our culture. And the ability to, instead of fight about the details, can we just recognize the privilege? Yeah. Can we just say, yes, it exists? So instead of fighting about that, yes, it exists, so now we can make some changes. Right. We can't change until we accept what is. And, And this is, you know, Carl Jung even said with ourselves, we can't make change until we accept who we are. And we could look at that in positive and negative ways, meaning the positive is until we appreciate and understand who we are, that's when change occurs. It doesn't occur because we shame ourselves or get into fear. It occurs because we've accepted. It's also at the same time the way we make change when there's a challenge. Until we accept the truth about a situation, we can't create any change around it because we're arguing about the details of whether or not it's true. Right. So it, it's a, can we just see it? 
Well, and quick side point about that judge. I don't know if this is true because it's one website, but it said that the judge who gave this reduced sentencing uh, had been the captain of the lacrosse team at Stanford University. Correct. He was a Stanford man as well. So, you know, I got a feeling if that it was an African-American boy from the hood, it would be a it very been different, a different story. story. And and maybe not. You know, people are like, well, maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. Of course, you don't know for sure. But odds are it would have been a much different story. And that, can we just say, can, yes. we, can we bow our heads and say... This exists. This exists, okay? That's the first step. Now, the other piece to this, because we'll talk more about healthy masculinity, because this story, uh, what Todd and I have found and what most people have found who are discussing this, is this story is like such an important story to share with our boys mm. when they're old enough yeah. to help them understand that what has been cut off in boys in this country and in many other places around the world is what Todd calls the feminine part. But if that word is uncomfortable for you, it's their connection to their ability to feel other people, yeah. their empathy, their their compassion. Which we were all born with. Which somehow became feminized. Yes. And then men have completely detached themselves from it or yes. have detached themselves enough where they're numb. Right. Numbness is like, I know it's there, but I can't feel it, mm -hmm. you know? And that is why a boy at Stanford who has everything going for him would end up behind a dumpster with a girl who is unconscious thinking he's doing nothing wrong. Right. He doesn't understand or feel anymore what is happening to another human being that he is doing. He is disconnected. He is more connected to the sex and the power and the story he's going to share. Versus the real stuff, which is this is a person. Person, who, a human being. Who deserves respect and yes. everything else. And how did it... And the thing is, this did not... You know, this boy did not change one day when he was 13 years old. No. This is over a decade of conditioning, yes. whether it's from his parents or society or whoever it was. Mm -hmm. This did not happen in a single moment. No. This happened, he got reminders over and over again. Maybe it's you know a bunch of guys in the locker room you know, talking about how many girls they get with. This you know? is a role modeling. Yes. That, and like Todd said, we don't know where it came from. I'm not pointing my finger at one person and saying it's just the dad or it's just... It is a a systemic yes. issue. There's yes. a system is in place right. that this boy has been pulling from and learning from, especially because he also, because of his status, meaning because he's at a school that is Ivy League and because he's been a, an athlete, he's also been given the privilege of that kind of status. Yeah, he's not just a white male. He's a white male that's smart, who's going to a good school, who's a really good athlete, which is something that um, men respect. Absolutely. And, and, and he probably thought he was above everybody and everything. Untouchable. Because he has been taught that, oh, if you do this, then you are of more value than this other kid. And, you know, I've said many times on this podcast is all I want for my daughters to understand is that you are no worse than anybody and you are no better than anybody. We all deserve, we have to respect ourselves and respect each other. And this boy somehow it got numbed out got in off him the wrong track because he had it when he was little <clears throat> sure he did this is what we need to understand we do, it's not about demonizing him and saying he's he's like that's too easy it's too easy yes it's to, it, it, and and it also deflects it from us having a healthy conversation about it yeah because it's not about this one boy it's about everything it's about everything and how we participate in this sickness yes and the way that i you know where todd's focus is healthy masculinity my 
my focus is women and voices mm. and speaking up and that it is now happening. Like it's interesting because a year ago um, or a year and a half ago when The Hunting Ground came out, I knew, and that's a documentary about sexual assault, I knew that this was a documentary that I wanted Todd and I to screen. Sure. I mean, I was so sure. I came in, I said, this movie's coming, we got to do this. You guys have heard this story. Nobody came. Yeah. We had and about 25. No, we had 75. No, we did Yes, we did. We had 75 people, but we usually had 250. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe we had closer to 75. I know we did because I did the money. <laughs> I had to deal with the money part It was it. The, our worst screening that we did from a numbers standpoint. And I didn't know how to explain to people, this is not an issue about kids on campus. No. This is an issue about how we're raising our children. This is an issue about how dads are role modeling the behavior for their sons. And how women need a community to stand up with them. Yes. When and if something happens to them, and if something happens to a woman, for other women to believe her. Yes. And to stand beside her rather than silence her because they don't want to rock the boat. This is, it was such a powerful documentary. And I think now, because it's been out so long and Lady Gaga's uh, song, Diane Warren and Lady Gaga's song was nominated for an Academy Award. It's now started, you know, it's become a little more mainstream than it was when we screened it. It's got more legs. Um, And I think that like the two girls who are the heart of that documentary, I mean, God, the the bravery and the courage that they have had see it to be it to demonstrate that ability to speak up and say we are going to go support other girls and women because this happened to us and there is no more silencing of adults who are supposed to be protecting us saying shh be quiet it's about rocking the boat we got to teach our sons and daughters to rock the boat when it is in the best interest of the whole of the whole right it's not about rocking the boat for the hell of it it's not about rocking the boat to be famous it's not about rocking the boat because we want to be all over google well and this goes into you know we teach our daughters to fit in and you know we're giving them bad unhealthy signs of what it means to be a girl we're not you know you can go on at so many different examples of you know, whether it's a TV sitcom star is known as a B-I-T-C-H just because she's... Asking for what she asking needs. Asking for what she needs. And if, the, if a guy had the exact same behavior, it'd be like, oh, what a strong leader. And these are the things that I talk to women about a lot. When people throw the word drama at women, it means women are feeling their emotions. Mm-hmm. When people throw the word diva at women, it's because women are asking for what they need. Mm. When people say that women are difficult, it's because they're unwilling to let go of what they know is right. And again, yes, there can be times in that situation where there are people taking advantage of you know, the situation. Not every woman in the world is completely healthy. I sure. get that. But in the bigger picture, in the statistically speaking, that's why those words are used. They're used to silence women. You know, I was just reading a, uh, a great article, um, a lot of powerful women in Hollywood, and they were talking about this language. You know, think about Jennifer Lopez. As soon as she started to becoming, this was a long time ago, but she's still just as famous. She started rising up. Everyone likes she's a diva. She's difficult to work with. And she is like, I have never <laughs> been more difficult or I've always been kind. I've always shown up on time. I've always given my best. I've always been there. But what I became was powerful. Mm-hmm. And that scared a lot of people. Yeah. And so when we scare people as women, we say, oh, I better back down and get smaller. Yeah. And this is where um, 
uh, you know, Tara Moore's book. We've had Tara Moore on the show twice, Playing Big. Why that book is so valuable to so many women, including myself, and why I love Tara's message is because we have to be willing to use our voice and to play bigger. And when I say play big, I don't mean overpower and become that masculine Yeah, tendency. then all of a sudden they're just a bunch of you know, immature masculine females. Exactly. That's out of balance. It's playing big means showing up full and whole and saying, this is how I feel about this. This is how I see this. And supporting other women in their ability to speak up. Yeah. And it's not always negative stuff. It's... I would say the majority of the time it's women women wanting to promote love and empathy and support and people calling that weak. Yeah. And so it's not about... It, well, it, go back in history. You, you know, um, what's her name? The lady that you love so much, 60s lady. Oh, Gloria Steinem? Yeah. I mean, she's probably... De- she still is demonized. Of course she is. And probably in the 60s, she was probably demonized oh, yeah. to the 10th. Very polarizing and all figure. It, because the reason she was demonized because it scared the bejesus out of a lot of men. She was creating change. Yes. Yeah. So that's Oprah's polarizing, mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton's polarizing, Gloria Steinem's polarizing. They're polarizing because there's uncertainty in it, meaning that these are women who are speaking out. And it's we think we're in a time that we're like, oh, this is normal. And it is more normal than it used to be. But there is still and and, the, and half the time the people I hear shouting the loudest about them are other women. Yeah. You know, saying, be quiet, sit down. We don't want to hear from you. We don't. And it's it does make sense to me. I, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, it doesn't make sense to me. I understand what's happening. But it, it we it's because we haven't given permission to do the same. Mm-hmm. So we get angry at women who are. Right. We say, if I don't get to do it, you don't get to do it. But see, that's the thing is instead, can we look at women who are speaking up and who are saying, this is something I want to give and this is something I want to do and this is something I want to be and pulling from their energy in a positive way and saying me too yeah. rather than sit down. Yeah. And that's the big question. I um, The other, one more thing and you may want to go a different direction with this, Todd, but I picked up again uh, Marianne Williamson's book, A Woman's Worth and I, I picked it up again. I probably read it, I don't know, 12,000 times, but I read it the majority of my life in my 20s, and I would pick it up probably every year because it was like a, um, I don't know, it was like having a therapist talk to me because I felt like what she had to say was exactly what I needed to hear. And it was so interesting to pick it up again and have so many years go by because basically everything she said in that book 20 years ago, 22 years ago, are still it's still needed today. Sure. And it's still so relevant today um i a few i i don't even know where to start because i folded every page in that book right um but i'll read a few things just two quotes from it um we must lead with the power of our womanly knowingness and let new careers take shape around it first we must make a commitment in our hearts to healing the world we must embrace the understanding that we were born as women to do this that doesn't make us better, and this is me now, that was Marianne's quote, that doesn't make us better than men. It, make us, it makes us balanced with men. We don't need to overpower men to be these kind of women. We need to join men, and when we are willing to join them, they are willing to join us. I don't care who starts and who goes first. Let's just do it, right? Right. We join, and we make the world a better place. That is how healthy feminine 
and healthy masculine come together. And then we recognize that healthy masculine and healthy feminine live in both, both of them live in each of us. Yep. That's balance. Balance is not about how do I work and how do I parent? You know, those are kind of the ways we use balance. But balance is find yourself. And then you figure those things out a lot easier. Not perfectly, but you at least have that sense of grounded self. So if for those of you women who are like, I need a book to empower me, A Woman's Worth by Marianne Williamson. It's a short read. It will wake you up and remind you, not wake you up and give you new information, remind you who you are and why you're here and why we need you to speak out and how then we look at other women who are speaking out and we value their voice. We may not even fully agree with their voice, Todd. No, odds of odds of us completely agreeing with anybody in this world is minimal. But the bottom line is the the summation of the message. Yeah, the and the the power of just them being willing. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to look at a woman and say you can respect them without yes. agreeing with the, every single thing that they say. That's it. Which Thank will you. lead us into the next part of our conversation, I think. Which is what? Well, as far as our presidential race. Oh, what were you going to talk about? As far as the presidential race? Yeah, what are you where are you going? Where do you think I'm going? We're going to step out on a limb and we're everything we just talked about in the kitchen. Okay. You all right with that? I think so. I just don't. I want to. I want to say that Todd and I didn't talk about this beforehand. I just don't want to make it polarizing. I'm trying to talk about the big issues rather than the people. Right? Can we do that? Yes, but it's less enticing, and people won't remember it as well, and people will not think the same, and people will not take action unless we. Yes and no, because I want the message. To, I don't want to lose well, the you message. you are here to okay. curb me. All right, I will. Secondly, our second sponsor yes. slash partner is John J. Kelly Dentistry, chicagodentistonline.com. He's a smile designer, so go check him out. His number is 773-631-6844. Thank you, John Kelly, for all your support. I called him today on his uh, on his cell phone and hung up on him because I meant to call the Sweetie, office. note to self, don't hang up on... Dr. Kelly? On partners. So, But then I texted him and said, sorry, John, I hung up on you. I was trying to call the office. And he didn't text me back. So well, maybe he's mad. So now he's mad at you. <laughs> no, doubtful. That's one man who's... Well, the hang-up doesn't work anymore because we all have caller ID. Well, and that's the thing is I know it said Kathy Adams on his phone. So yeah. instead of pretending I didn't hang up because it was like an instinctual, like, oh, yeah, yeah. wrong place. Right. And so I texted him. I said, sorry, John, I hung up on you. He was probably laughing. Uh, he was. That's that's what he was doing. Um, no, I mean, I, it's not like we have to beat this to death. We're already okay. 40 minutes in. But, okay. you know, um, the safe thing is f- for four and a half years, we have avoided stepping out and being controversial just for the sake of contra- we've talked about religion but we always hold it in such a high regard we're like i i don't think we ahead. need to be controversial to make points that's why all i'm saying is if we bring our gold right now which is speak our truth okay there's going to be people that disagree. Okay, yes. And it's okay that people disagree with us. Correct. And you know what the word you know what the word controversial bothers me? And because I get very wordy and you're just trying to make your point and I'm like stepping all over it and I apologize for that. Okay. But the it's the word controversy because as soon as you say that, there's something like blah 
everybody goes, ooh, controversy. But what you just said is beautiful. So whatever I just said, the good thing, <laughs> that's what I meant, not okay. controversy. Okay, go ahead. So we're in the middle of a presidential race, and what has scared me the most, uh, it, come, it comes as no surprise that both Kathy and I live on the left side of the aisle. I don't think that comes as much of a surprise. And um, we have two candidates that are going to be voted on in November. And I have assured Kathy for the last six months not to worry, not to worry, not to worry. Don't worry. Whoever comes out of the Democratic side is going to win because I think that our guy on the right side of the aisle is not, he's ostracized too many groups of voters. Well, there's not a lot of healthy masculinity. Oh, that's safe to say. Mm -hmm. And we'll we'll get to that. But just I've been at customer dinners in the last few weeks and they're like, yeah, I don't know. You know, people who I think are really, really super sensible, they're like, well, I don't really like her that much and she's done all these bad things. So maybe it's time for a change. And I'm like, how can these, what I think is really healthy, balanced, loving people think that a fear-based message is the best message for our country. Mm-hmm. And and people might disagree with me saying, no, Donald Trump is not fear-based. Everything I hear from the guy seems to be winners and losers. You know, unless you are on top, you're on bottom, and you need to be afraid of, you know, anybody rising above you. Of the they. Of the they. Yeah, people, we love to, uh, you know, we love to call anybody who's not like us they – So the safest thing is for us to shut up and not say anything. But you and I have a platform and we if you disagree with us, I will respect you. I really will. Um, And you don't really have to respect my viewpoint. You have the option to not listen anymore or write in and tell me why I'm wrong. But I don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore because I feel like what I want to do is I'm guessing the majority of the people that are listening are probably going to vote for Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. But they're, these same people are going to be at dinner parties and they're going to have an opportunity to speak their truth when somebody comes in and say says this or that about this candidate, that candidate, they're going to be scared. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I want to bring this up with you all today is I get scared too. And sometimes I speak and sometimes I don't. But I hope through my own process, I will have more strength to 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 speak my truth respectfully to people who disagree with me because the that quote that I said in the uh, Facebook thing, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Yeah. yeah. That's all I wanted to get through. Beautiful. That was wonderful. Can you clap yourself, clap up because I've been just sitting here watching you and I think that was beautiful. So oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you um, for doing that. Can I read out of my book real quick? You can. So... I'm getting my certification in this Tony Robbins life coaching thing and they have you read optional books. And there's this book I'm reading called The Sunflower, which is all about the Holocaust, about a guy in the Holocaust. But this is two short paragraphs out of it and it talks about national socialism, you know, Nazis and how they came to power. And this is what it says on page 91. I had previously talked to many Germans and Austrians and learned from them how national socialism had affected them. Most said that they had been against it, but were frightened of their neighbors. And their neighbors had likewise been frightened of them. When one added together all these fears, the result was a frightful accumulation of mistrust. So that's the first thing, Mm -hmm. you know. You know, it says that most said that they began as been against it, but were frightened. I am frightened to say something that might be seen that 
would seem controversial at a dinner party. That's or my... something that would disconnect me from other people. Exactly, because I'm a people pleaser. Right. And sometimes I shut up just so I don't rock the boat. Correct. Right? So then the other thing is, um, it says, what about the people who readily accepted Nazism? The National Socialist was for them the fulfillment of their dearest wishes. It lifted them out of their insignificance. That it should come to power at the expense of innocent victims did not worry them. They were in the winner's camp and they severed relations with the losers. They expressed the contempt of the strong for the weak, the Superman scorn for the subhuman. All I got to say is that has a, that rings a lot of bells from the things that I've been watching on Meet the Press every Sunday. Yeah. And so basically it's not about it, – it's what can we learn from history. It's not about saying it's an identical situation. No, it's not. And it, I'm not pretending that it is. Correct. Because Todd and I talked about this book a lot. It's, again, it's called The Sunflower and it's on by – On the possibilities and limits of forgiveness. Okay. So it's not about saying the exact same thing It's happening. It's saying what can we pull from history to understand present time. Isn't that what we're always trying to do? Isn't yes. that why we always Evolve. learn history? It's about evolution. And the most important part about this book, because it's all about forgiveness and connection, is how can we talk to each other and hear each other and be willing to speak our truth and instead of being afraid of what the conversation may bring up, instead of being afraid of what of someone disagreeing, yep. instead of being afraid of having a really healthy debate. The problem that's happening right now is we're losing track of what a healthy debate is. Right. We're not just – a lot of that has been shown to us on TV. Debates have become a Who, sideshow. Whoever screams louder gets wins the point or whatever. It's become a reality show. Yeah. Whoever – you know, it's just like when when Real World began. Remember the first season of Real sure. World? It was actually Real World. Yeah. They were being videotaped and, and it was very interesting yeah. to watch people unfold and react to each other and live in a home. But the real world turned into let's get everyone in a hot tub mm-hmm. and pit them against each other and produce yeah. this show so it looks like everyone hates each other. Let's throw in someone who's racist. Let's throw in someone who has never been out of their hometown before and, and, and make everybody look look and feel bad. There's actually a show on TV right now called Unreal, Mm. and it's on Lifetime. And it's about, um, the. it's like a version of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. And it it was made or written, or it's being produced by someone who actually was a part of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Mm. And the show, it's a reality show about a reality show, yet there's a ridiculous amount of truth in it. Mm. And the show has become kind of popular, really popular, actually, for being on Lifetime. Sure. Um, because of what we're doing with reality. We're, we're completely, you know, bending and twisting it. And so I think that's the thing is, can we be willing to instead of take a viewpoint of what things look like on TV and how people end up pulling each other's hair and pushing each other into pools, can we have healthy conversation? And even because ha- Todd and I, as you guys know on this show, we don't always agree, but I trust Todd that I can come to him and say, I feel this way and it's freaking me out. And he'll say, well, wait a second. Mm -hmm. Can you look at this another way? And I don't like him always being right or wrong. It's just, am I willing to hear him? And am I willing to speak up? And this is what we need. Healthy masculinity, healthy femininity. And it's a work in progress. It's not going to happen tomorrow. But can that be our intention when raising our children? Yeah. Well, and 
I, you know, I'm going to say this until I'm blue in the face. So many times parents are like, how do I guide my children? How do I guide my children? Live it. If you can live it and role model it, you don't have to say barely anything. That's it. Because there's a lot of men, friends of mine, who have a really unhealthy view of women. Yes. They need to quit talking to their kids and they need to start living what that means. Yeah. And and sometimes men's viewpoints or if they kind of internally are misogynistic or they really don't think women have as much value, they may think that's not yeah. leaking through to their daughters. And it is. It is. It is only because things are more than our words, you guys. It's our energy. It's our viewpoint. It's how we it's how we engage with the world and what is inside of you is what comes out. If, you know, it's the whole thing we've talked about on the show before. If you squeeze an orange, Mm -hmm. what comes out of the orange? It's not apple juice, Mm -hmm. it's orange juice. So if you, you know, if you get squeezed, meaning things get crisis oriented or heavy or stressful, what's going to come out of you is what lives in you. And, you know, one other thing that I want to say, because these are difficult topics and sometimes it drives us Uh, straight from maybe sadness or fear straight to anger. And I, I was just watching a video this morning about anger and how anger is so paralyzing. When we are in anger, we can't do anything. We just get paralyzed by the feeling. We point fingers at other people. We stomp our feet, maybe not literally, but internally. And we become ineffective And it doesn't mean anger doesn't have its value because anger can wake us up like, wow, this makes me really mad. I need to take a look at this. But can we feel the anger and take that energy and channel it into something else? Can we channel it into being more compassionate? Can we channel it into the things that drive us crazy about other people? We're not going to do those things. Instead of joining them and saying, screw it, the world's bad, I'm going to just, you know, can we take the anger and make something beautiful. Well, and I, w- I would say it more simply is you can use it or it's going to use you. Nice. You know? Where'd you get that? I don't know. I like that. Who knows? Um, all right. Can we move on to our clothes? Or is there something else you want to make sure that you said? Can I read one more thing? Sure. So do you guys may know who Uriah Mountain Dreamer is. She wrote um, a pretty famous poem called The Invitation that a lot of people like very much. And um, I follow her, and she doesn't post a ton, but occasionally she writes more poetry. Um, And she wrote something today that it just happened to pop up today, and I thought it's perfect for our show. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to read the last paragraph. There is a way to be with anger and fear and grief, a way to hold them with so much tenderness that terror cannot take root. Let us make a light of that tenderness, leaning into each other, feeding each other, creating together a heart that can hold it all. Mm. Wholeness. Wholeness. Let's accept all the parts of ourselves, even the parts of ourselves that we're working on. Even the ugly ones. Because when we see them as ugly and we understand them and where they came from and that we're not alone, we can transform them or learn from them or, or heal them or just acknowledge them. And then that's how we create change. And... um that's it for me. Well done, sweetie. Well, well done for you too. I, I like what you said. Thank you. Um, quick FAMZOO, those are, that's our affiliate partner. Um, it helps you teach your children about personal financial management. I got a hypothetical for you. Ready? I am. Your child left a coat at school. Days later, it hasn't turned up at the lost and found. What's the right parental response? Option one. Okay. 
You'll need to help pay for a replacement so you learn to be accountable for your belongings. Okay. Option two, you'll need to make do with an old coat we have in the closet. Option three, things happen. Since this is the first time, we'll purchase a replacement for you, but let's be more careful going forward. And number four, oh no, that's it, number three. So what's the best way to handle it? I was going to say all of the above. I mean, they all can be relevant. I think that what we've done historically is all of them, Mm -hmm. you know, like things happen and we're not going to shame you about it, but you're going to have to contribute some money to this. And until we get that coach, you're going to have to wear an old one. There you go. Uh, the correct answer is it depends. Depends on you. <laughs> depends on yeah. who you are as a parent, who yeah. your kid is. If your kid is super duper responsible and then one day they have a bad yeah. day versus some kids who's always losing things. Like if you keep on feeding those bad habits mm-hmm. of no natural consequences. So it just depends. So I get these emails every day from our buddy Bill at FamZoo. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about FamZoo, go to our website, zenparentingradio.com. In the lower right-hand corner, there is an icon for FamZoo and you get a discount if you sign up for it, if you go through our website. So, And then I think the discount code is ZenFinance. So the other thing I want to share is we get two iTunes reviews that I forgot to share on last week's show. Okay. Um, one is from Justy R from the USA. Um, Zen parenting is just so good. I'm not going to read the whole review. And then the other uh, review was from Carolina 2013. And she says it's her favorite podcast. Mm, Thank you. She said, love this podcast. Makes me a better parent and better person. Every Tuesday they have a new episode and it's my favorite day at work. Oh, Other days, I just listen to the older episodes. Wow, she's a real fan. Mm -hmm. I'm dealing with anxiety, so this podcast is perfect for my meditation yoga routine. So um, if you feel like you have an extra 30 seconds, give us a review on iTunes because it helps spread the message of Zen Parenting Radio. Um, I wanted to tell uh, one quick story. I know we're closing. Can we close with Sing a Song again? Sure. Um, You don't want to sing with Cameron's song? Well, you could play that real quick and then play Sing a Song. But let me close with this. Uh, There's a new um, movement out there. And just bringing it back to what happened to this young lady in Stanford is a lot of times when a woman is hurt or raped or something negative happens to her, we say something to the effect of, what if that was your daughter? What if that was your sister? What if that was your mother? And this new movement is instead of connecting the woman to other people and just basing her worth on her relationships, let's recognize that she is someone and that it's not her relationships that make her valuable, but just the fact that she's here and that she is someone. And these boys, each and every one of them, they are someone. And we have got to recognize each individual person's value. And as the parents of these children, we have to remind them of that they are here for a purpose in this place and time, that each of them with their skills, and and I don't mean skills like their grades, I mean their inner into it, their their inner wisdom. They are here for a reason, and we value them, and they belong, and that will make a shift. But just the remembering that she is someone, and he is someone, and together we are whole. That's right. So now you can play the Zen parenting um, real quick. So I'm always into resources. Yeah. So a few things we brought up on today's show. I took some notes. Okay. Is if you have a son who's age appropriate, watch The Accused. Mm, gosh, it's such a hard movie. Right? Um, Tara Moore, Playing Big, Marion Williamson, what's the name of the... A Woman's Worth. Woman's Worth, The Hunting Ground. Yeah. 
um, all good resources. Um, uh, the Mask You Live In documentary. Mask You Live In documentary, which is on Netflix. Misrepresentation yeah. documentary. So these are all things, and these are all, most of the movies are movies that we've screened here. And um, I do my monthly men's group. So if any local men are interested, we actually have our June meeting, which is um, where we just go have fun and play, you know, ultimate Frisbee and baseball and everything else. So if you're interested, shoot me an email at uh, comments at zenparentingradio.com. And I'm also coaching men. Um, I'm in the process of getting my certification uh, for life coaching, and I'm already coaching some men. So if you're interested, uh, shoot me an email, and we'll talk about it. So we're going to start with Cameron's thing, and then we'll run into the Carpenters. It's really good. It makes me laugh. This part. Can you do a mashup with Sing a Song? <laughs> Doesn't quite work. Have a good week, everybody. Sing your song. Sing it out loud. Sing it strong. Thanks for listening, folks. Hope you felt outstanding. So there's some different ways you can support us. Um, one of them is by asking either Kathy or myself or maybe both of us to speak at your next event. Or you can also tell a friend about our podcast. If you ship Amazon, go through the link on zenparentingradio.com first. It doesn't cost you anything, but Zen Parenting will get a small commission. You can also buy any of Kathy's three amazing books through Amazon or our homepage. And if you're like me and you want to teach your children personal financial management, then use FAMZOO. It's an amazing resource. It's a virtual family bank that will set your children on a path towards financial freedom. Click on the link on the lower right-hand side of our homepage to learn more. And if you're a Chicago guy and want to learn more about the tribe, the men's group that I lead, go to thetribemensgroup.com. Do you want to grow your business by partnering with us? Shoot me an email. And you can also give us an iTunes review. Lastly, you can subscribe to our podcast through our homepage or iTunes directly. This will guarantee you're up to speed on the latest and greatest of Zen Parenting Radio. You can always send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com and I'll be happy to get back to you as soon as I can. Finally, we're thankful for all your support and encouragement and always remember that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Keep trucking.